welcome to Latinos Who Tech. My name is Hugo Castellanos. I'm an engineer and I work in Silicon Valley. This episode of Latinos Who Tech is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the world's premium platform for audiobooks with over 150,000 titles. If you're like me, you're passionate about learning new things, but finding the time to read may be difficult. Audiobooks are a great alternative. You can get a free 30-day trial plus a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash latinos. Go and support them since they support us. Thank you. Rosa, how are you? Good. Fabulous. Fantastic. Thank you for making the time, Rosa. So tell me your story. All right. Let's start. Um... So I was I was born and raised in um, I say Los Angeles. I was actually born in East LA, grew up in around LA in LA County. Um, my family still lives in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, I come from a beautiful big family of eight. Uh, my parents and then there were six of us, and I'm the youngest. Uh, my parents are Mexicanos, and uh, I have a sister who was actually born in Mexico as well. Um, so a little bit about me and my story, uh, when I was a kid, I was such a nerd. You can, you can ask my family and they will tell you that I used to cry when I was late to school. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was, uh, I, I used to wake up my brother right an hour before or try. Um, and then th there was just like so much, um, my family still laughs at this now because I would I would cry if I didn't get a chance to do my homework or if I didn't have enough time to do my homework. Um, I used to keep my sisters up because uh, I used to like to read. And we had, um, um, what do you call those? The the um, the double beds. Um, mm -hmm. the, the bunk and, beds. Yeah, bunk beds. And I used to keep the, uh, the light on all night until like midnight, sometimes like 1 a.m., I clearly wasn't introduced to the uh, nightlight or the reading light <laughs> invention yet. Um, and then, you know, there was just other things that I, I used to go and hide in a room and work on jigsaw puzzles, like the, the bigger and the smaller they were, you know, 5,000 piece, I, I would just go and hide. So total nerd uh, throughout my entire childhood. Um, I was also kind of tomboyish. So I used to like to roll around in the dirt literally and play uh, sports. Um, but at the same time, I, I also enjoyed like the girly things with, with my sister. Uh, but I think that has a lot to do with how I developed. Um, in school, I picked up a lot of the math and science. Uh, I One of the reasons why I think I gravitated more towards the math and science fields were because I didn't learn English until I was about nine or 10. So I was not comfortable with the English language and I hated reading, I hated writing, anything that has to do with the English language. And, and this is growing up in East LA? It's, uh, it's in Los Angeles, it's called uh, Silmar. That's where I grew mm -hmm. up. Um, but I just stuck to the math books and the science books because that's where I was more comfortable in. Um, and then naturally I, want you know i just became better and better at it and i was i was a, a smart kid when it came to math and science and pretty average mm -hmm. in the other fields 
And when I went to high school, my counselor uh, started talking to me about college. And I'm like, what is college? What, <laughs> like community college, right? Because there used to be one up the street. And I thought that that's, right. that's what people do after high school. You just go to, go to the college down the street, right? And then, you know, he started showing me brochures and, and websites and everything. And we started talking about college. And then I started looking at the price and I'm like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. Um, and then also, uh, he was trying to help me find a major, which, again, this was 10th grade. I didn't know what the major, like, I don't know what that word was. I didn't know what a minor was. Um, I was kind of late into the game when it came to uh, college and planning for it. Luckily, I had the good grades and I started developing that um, that desire to go to college in 10th grade. And uh, I I kept saying I wanted to major in math because, you know, I like math. So I'm just going to be mm -hmm. a mathematician, clearly. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't know what else you could do with that. I said, OK, so I'm going to be a mathematician. And I said, okay, no, scratch that. I'm going to, I'm going to be a teacher because I also love to help people. And um, mm -hmm. then I said, oh God, that's horrible. I, I don't think I can deal with like, you know, unengaged kids and, you know, I just, mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. Um, so then he, I think junior year, he said, well, what about engineering? And I, I didn't tell him, I didn't know what that was. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I had heard the term before, but I had no idea what, yeah. engineering disciplines there were or what I could major in. So I went back home that day, I Googled engineering and I uh, realized that there was uh, seven major disciplines, electrical engineering, mechanical engineering, all of that. And then it clicked with civil engineering because I honestly thought it was the easiest one. I read through all of it <laughs> and I said, I can't do any of this. So civil seems like it's simple. It's buildings, bridges, it's, basic civilization needs right i can understand that i can't understand the the electronics of uh, you know like what goes into a computer so i'm going to do civil and my brother um is a drafter so that kind of he introduced me to that as well and i thought okay maybe i could be a civil engineer and you know work on cad files or blueprints right. or whatever it is so that's that's kind of how i got into this madness uh construction right there's a whole another story about how that happened but um it you Tell know it's just those those careers that were introduced to me and um i i developed a love for for engineering early on got it so what story was that i mean because uh, i always wondered that um you know why civil because so uh, you have software and electronics and you have uh mechanical and aerospace and and you're in Southern California, right? So yeah. aerospace is huge down there. So I'm wondering, you know, why civil out of all the disciplines, right? So a couple of things. I mean, besides me trying to uh, take the the uh, easiest path, <laughs> um, which I was, I was clearly, I was, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. It was equally hard, um, or or just as hard as the other engineering disciplines. But with civil, I was set on building bridges uh, or designing bridges, right? I, I wasn't a builder yet, or at least I didn't have that mindset. And the thing I love about civil is that you are, you're, you're, the results of your work are tangible, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, I, you know, you could see an airplane, you can see a satellite, uh, a computer, a device, all of that. But I 
learned that, you know, most of those folks work on like one component, right? The mechanical engineers work on one component, uh, electrical, and um, sometimes you mass produce, sometimes it's just one uh, gadget or whatever it is. But with buildings and bridges, you see them, you see them. Mm. And it's that tangible result that's so rewarding, right? I wanted to draw a bridge, design a bridge and be able to ride on it and, you know, be able to tell um, my kids in the future, grandkids, yeah. like, oh, I, yeah, like, I, like, I did this. Right yes, there. yes. Same thing with buildings, right? But at that time, I don't know why I was fascinated by bridges. Um, they, I mean, maybe it was like the Golden Gate Bridge that inspired me. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, that that love for, for buildings and bridges and everything related uh, to um, civil civil engineering that developed into me wanting that to see my product. I don't want to be in an office all day and I want to be able to see my product. And I think that's how I kind of opened up into construction because, and, and second, I, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't a very good student. I was pretty average and I like to publicize that because Mm -hmm. um, there's students out there, right, that, that think like, oh, you know, you, you probably had that 4.0 GPA and you were a star student. No, I graduated with a 2.9 GPA, barely. Um, there was a lot of challenges that I had um, throughout college and I barely made it through um, with, with a lot of support from, from SHIP, for example, and from my friends. But it wasn't easy coming from, you know, I was valedictorian in high school and you know, coming from that down to um, being a pretty average student, but I'm like, well, at least I'm a pretty average engineer, right? Let's take that. Right. Um, and I know that the GPAs for engineers tend to be a little, um, a little lower, but the um, did not fascinate me as much because I wanted to be out there seeing it. So I started to, um, research construction companies and they heavily recruited at my school so mm -hmm. um and I, I went to usc so it was maybe 70 percent of the career fair was filled with construction management mm -hmm. companies or um, general contractors and then the other uh portion was design so i and and the other uh the other thing was the uh, leadership skills i started to develop a love for uh, leadership development. And I joined a lot of organizations when I was a student. One of them was SHIP and I became vice president my, my senior year. And I started reading books on the art of war and uh, The Prince by Machiavelli <laughs> when yes. I was a, a junior. Um, and then, you know, to my senior year, I picked up more of those books and it was just fascinating how we can apply these old leadership concepts um, into what we do. So managing a team, um, managing uh, a budget, right? That kind of stuff started to get introduced mm. because of SHIP. And with civil engineering as one of my passions and leadership development, construction became a pretty clear path for me. Um, I was pretty lucky in that sense to have a clear path. A lot of people are still lost, you know, and they just don't see it right away. But I got pretty lucky during school that I found something that that was going to work for me. Got it. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And um, 
<laughs> the Prince and the Art of War. That's awesome. Yes, uh, so I think we like, still uh, have them. Yeah, I, 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 I do have them. They're in my library. So it's funny yeah. that you mentioned them because the thing is that they are, I mean, this wisdom is millinery, right? Like uh, people, like it still applies. Like people are still people. Uh, yes. We just yeah. driving cars and we have uh, these uh, super powerful computers that we put in our pockets every day, but we're still people. Like uh, we're yes. still programmed to behave in a certain way. Um, you know, so things like from the art of war, the thing that like resonates with me that I always think about is that um, a good general knows how to pick their battles. Mm -hmm. I knows yep. when to fight and when not to fight. And yep. when maybe a retreat is the best victory you can have. Yes. So like yes. no, 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 knowing those things uh, is just because uh, you can apply them to anywhere. Like I don't care if you're an accountant or an engineer or you're a nurse or like, I don't care. Like it applies. Maybe even like if you are a homemaker, like if you work at home and you take care of the kids, that still applies. Take your battles. <laughs> Pick your battles, yeah. That's awesome. No, so I'm really happy to to learn that about you. Um, but going back to the the career stuff, you know, so being a project manager uh, or senior project manager, rather, um, what are some myths about uh, working as a senior project manager? What uh, what is that like? Yeah, um, I I think I've become more and more aware. Uh, as I started to have more people um, join my team um, or, you know, I ha I've had various teams and I talked to, and I had these same myths myself, but I talked to some of the younger engineers that are just joining. And of course, the millennials are super eager to just get to the top, right? Whatever that mm -hmm. means, right? And um, it's not a, an upward uh, path. It's, it's sometimes it's lateral and it's zigzaggy, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think they understand, um, or I understood, um, mm -hmm. also speaking for myself, it's not just well, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean, because you're, you're a millennial yourself, right? Like, would yes, you call I'm yourself technically that? technically a millennial. Technically? Um, what does that mean? Within the, I'm within the uh, age <laughs> or the year born. Uh, there's a lot of different dates out there. I, I couldn't find a reliable yeah. source. Same thing for Gen Z, right? It's, there's yeah. some kind of gray line, uh, but I think so, it's from 1985 to 1995 uh, for the millennials and then okay, the then Gen Zers. Okay. Gen Zers are 1995 or 97, and, and some, I mean, some sources say 97 to 2010. So the Gen Zers are between the ages of nine and 22 right now. Um, but just going back to some of the common myths uh, about project management. Uh, everybody thinks, oh, I just, I want to, I want to deal with the, the numbers. I want to, I want to be in charge of the budget. I want to be in charge of the schedule, right? They think it's schedule budget. So they, they jump right away into, um, you know, trying to learn cost management. And that is not the case. Um, mm. A lot of, a lot of what I do right now is process and people management, which is very, very hard to do. Um, especially the, the people management, right? If I was a, a project manager that only managed processes, I wouldn't have as many gray hairs. <laughs> um, but man, I mean, and, and, but I love both aspects of it. Um, I just didn't know how ready I needed to be to manage people. I was always on the track of like, well, if I know how to input this, um, 
this change order and submit this to the client and get that approved, I'm good, I'm solid and I'm a rock star. And I did that and I learned the cost management side really quickly. I picked up on the the schedule uh, aspect as well and, and learning how we put schedules together and, um, you know, understanding critical paths and um, what does it take to drive the schedule, all of that. So the process sees, I, I knocked it out of the park. Like I was, um, I, I, I excelled at, you know, studying it and, and learning it. Um, the process side is super easy. And what I, if I, if anybody here is interested or is at that engineering level or even has a similar situation that, that I do where engineers are just so eager to get to the top and then want to learn how to do something, it's more about, okay, let's, let's look about, let's look at the other skills that might be lacking in your tool set, right? How are you with people? Um, you know, how do you deal with crucial conversations? What do you do in a situation where a conversation gets really heated and, you know, out in the, in the field, um, you, it's, it's a, it's a frustrating and there's a lot of tension. It's a frustrating environment, um, sometimes. And you're pushing people to to do work, right? You're trying to motivate them to do work. Um, you know what I was saying earlier about about driving a schedule. You can put the best schedule, the best plan mm -hmm. together, but to make sure that everybody's motivated to beat it, not just not just um, uh, not just meet the the deadlines that we have, but it it just it takes so much, right? And it takes um, a lot of listening, right? Mm -hmm. um, if I had more time back then, I would have focused more on, you know, checking in on my listening skills. And I was lucky enough to have people that said, Hey, you don't listen very well. Or, you know, mm, after wow. a meeting, it wasn't, it wasn't rude or anything. Um, you know, I had a, a manager tell me that I need to listen more. And he just pulled me to the side after the meeting. And I was so grateful for that kind of feedback because I just, I didn't know that that's what mattered. And then observing those good habits and good qualities that your other managers have and how they take care of people, or even mm. start thinking about the ways that you want to be taken care of, right? Um, would you rather have your managers uh, buy you a nice jacket, you know, with, with a company logo, or would you rather ask them for uh, 20 minutes of uh, a coffee? Uh, meeting or you know just meet up for coffee one day right mm -hmm. what what do you value um as you know from from your managers and then trying to adopt those habits um but it's really all the secret sauce is, is the soft skills um yeah. you know and and as you get into management you get pulled further and further away from the technical aspect of your job um, you know, you're not the one, no longer, you're no longer the one solving problems. Um, you can become a stellar individual, a stellar engineer and be the most amazing problem solver. Mm -hmm. But when you're a manager and you transition to that, the goal is for you not to solve anything. The goal, mm -hmm. and we were talking earlier, um, the goal is for that, uh, engineer, your engineers and your team, um, whatever role is for them to figure it out. So it's more yeah. about coaching them through it and, and trusting them that they're smart enough to, to get to the answer. Got right? it. Right. And being, being comfortable delegating and yes. trusting your team. And uh, there's this uh, paradox of uh, management, right? That you get promoted to your 
level of incompetence. Yes. So that maybe you are an amazing drafter. Uh, you're just mm -hmm. a magician when it comes to drafting. You can draw like with your eyes closed and the most beautiful building blueprints, whatever. Uh, and then you get promoted to be the a drafting manager. Right. And now you manage a team of drafters and you have to be okay that you're not drafting anymore. You're delegating exactly. that and you're coaching them and you're helping them solve their problems. And maybe you're really good at that too. So now you become a director of um, customer services or whatever. Mm -hmm. And oh crap, I don't have any natural talent for this. Uh, so, okay, but figure it out, you know? So it's, uh, it's one right. of those things that uh, if you're really gonna have your job, be careful with promotions because uh, you might actually be moved away from something you, you like, you enjoy. Yeah, and, so, and it's true. Having a career path, having a career path planned out a little bit, just knowing like, okay, these are the things I like, these are the things I'm really good at, and these are the things that the company needs. Right. So knowing how you fit, that's uh, powerful. And it's not for everyone, honestly. Yeah. And, and that's something you have to ask yourself, right? And um, I, I try to expose when, when I talk about civil engineering and the different career paths that you can go uh, through. I've done presentations on that to high school students, middle school students, um, and even college students that are getting ready to enter the workforce. And I, I, I ask them like, what is, what are you really passionate about? Are you passionate about uh, the technical aspect of engineering? Mm -hmm. um, because when it comes to people, you have to be passionate about people to be a good leader. You have to be interested in helping them develop and motiv motivating them to, to be their best self and finding um, some of the best responsibilities that are gonna grow them. So right. it's, it's just, it's different. And I, I have to um, say that not, not everybody is going to like it. Not everybody's going to be good at it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think I've been so fortunate to have taken the next opportunities um, and landed uh, getting close. I'm getting closer and closer to my passion. I haven't had to deviate and say, you know what, this is not for me. I'm not going to go this route. Um, and I've I've learned to love what I do. Um, I learned to love construction, um, and I learned to love project management. And right now, I, uh, people practices is one of the things that I work towards every single day. Uh, reading books, listening to your podcast, right? That's, Just, that's part of my education right now. Is it's so important for me to learn every single day. Um, and I think that, I think it's gonna, it's get, it's paying off. And I practice, I, I kind of give myself every day before I walk into work. Um, I take the train right now. So it's, it's mm -hmm. awesome because I get like a full hour of, you. of a podcast. I get, I can get a full podcast in uh, before nice. I get to work. And I always kind of, I, I look for things that I'm struggling with, right? Um, you know, for example, you know, we're probably gonna talk a little bit about Gen Z today, but yeah. I, I struggle with like learning what, what is it that they're interested in? What are they motivated on? And then I walk in and I'm like, okay, today I'm going to make a point to sit down with so-and-so and discuss their career paths. Right. So I always have one goal on, on people. To, um, I think it's really important to do that because we uh, as managers it, we're overwhelmed and we walk in with a thousand things to do like there's never a time where I feel like I'm caught up there's never a time right and um, I walk in and you know I have to be ready to to listen to my team 
and figure out what their needs and demands are. Mm. So the first morning I try to block it and I, I don't plan to do anything because mm -hmm. it's, it's not uh, it's not your time. It's their time. And then mm -hmm. they're going to be like, Oh, Rosa, Rosa, this, 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 that, and the other. And it gets right. crazy some days. And sometimes all I need is just my coffee. I do ask for those five minutes. I'm like, okay. Right. Um, and right now we're in the office, we're in a pre-construction stage, but when we get to the job site, there's not going to be time for coffee. I better finish that before right. I get to work. You know, somebody's going to be sitting on my desk, um, expecting some kind of resolution to an issue. Right. So, um, I don't know. It's important for, for me to have one people practice goal, uh, on top of my to-do list of, of tasks and phone calls and emails and all of that. Um, what, who am I going to talk to today? Right. Who am I going to get closer to? Um, what connection am I going to strengthen? And maybe can I help um, one of the engineers, uh, you know, work a little bit uh, or work towards one of their career goals, right? So that's really interesting. I, can you double down a little bit on the, the bar? Because I love how you make yourself available for your team. Yes. So I'm wondering, how do you go about like tracking that? Oh, okay. So-and-so told me. They, they, they need help with project A, and then so-and-so told me about project B that is struggling. Like, how do you track all these things? Like, are you writing them down? Are you taking notes on your phone? What are you doing? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't, uh, I think I just look at the, the full team list um, every now and then. So part of my responsibility is to, one second, my phone is low battery. Um, part of my no responsibility is to uh, continuously look at the org chart and um, make sure that everybody, right now we're developing a team. So um, I, get, I get the opportunity to kind of look at the whole picture holistically and figure out, okay, we have X amount, you know, we have 13 people on our team right now. What is everybody doing right now? What do they want to do? And what are the demands of the project, right? So uh, I do that periodically on a monthly basis. I don't have a tracking tool, um, I don't, I do take some notes uh, when I'm doing mm -hmm. that kind of work, but on a monthly basis, um, it's been, it's been pretty frequent on a monthly basis. And I'm just kind of doing like a mental check-in of, okay, where is everybody at? Um, mm -hmm. Does this person seem happy? But a lot of it is just feeding off of their energy. And when right. I notice somebody in, in, you know, like, oh, this week, so-and-so hasn't been, um, hasn't been uh, engaged, or... engaged or, you know, they seem to be lacking in motivation. Uh, mm. Instinctly, I just want to talk to them. It's, it's not planned. Um, I don't, I don't, I want it to be organic as well. Right. And sometimes I'm not the best person to communicate with them. Sometimes I need to go to another team member um, so they can, they can develop their leadership skills as well and say, Hey, can you talk to so-and-so? Um, or, you know, can you give so-and-so a call and see how they're doing? Right. So it's, um, it's not all on us and it's also utilizing your team, um, and also helping other team members develop their leadership skills saying, Hey, did you pay attention to that? Did you notice how so-and-so responded or, you know, they're not very engaged. They weren't very engaged in that meeting and, um, helping them also pick up on those cues and pretty much doing a team health check on their own as well. So, mm. but we do have, we do have tools that are, um, 
very, you know, us engineers, we want, we want to track, we want metrics, we want <laughs> the KPIs stuff. and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a notepad in my wallet uh, that I use. So whenever like people come to me with like a random request, uh, they just find me in the hallway. Hey, could you do this or that? Like, um, I hate having those things to think about. So I just uh, write it down, you know, yes. and actually, uh, twice a day or something like that, I will look through my list and I will either put it in my task manager or I will do it right then and there if it's quick. Uh, yes. Or I will, you know, send an email, a research, do whatever. But uh, it's a way and, and literally like I, uh, okay, I'm gonna be vulnerable right now. Uh, I actually bought, because it uses this little insert of paper, I bought a package of 200 of them for 40 bucks. Oh, wow. So, 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 so it's like I have a stack of them like right here in my, in my office. So it's, uh, it's just like a way of, again, like I hate to forget things. Uh, I hate yes. the, the idea of somebody asking me to help them and forgetting that they asked me for help. So because um, I like to be present when I'm having conversations. I don't, I don't like to like, oh, I'm talking with Rosa, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking that oh, I need to buy shampoo or some, yes. whatever. Uh, so I just write it down. So, because yes. guess what? Like I could put it in my phone too, but uh, this never runs out of batteries. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a it's, it's way of looking at it. I don't know. It's I love a, it. No, I might steal it because I, I use my phone um, for notes, quick notes. Uh, OneNote no, is my life. You can find out everything about me on OneNote if you ever get access to it. <laughs> I have I have recipes in there. Um, I have notes on on personnel, right, and what their interests are. I have my to do list. Um, I have different notebooks, and uh, I'm not sponsored by OneNote, by the way. But I really, really, it's one of my favorite tools. Yeah, uh, the, this this podcast tools. is brought to you by OneNote. Uh, <laughs> sign up now. Right, let's get them to sponsor. Yeah. OneNote.com slash Latinos. And uh, yes, they'll exactly. get uh, <laughs> Oh, gosh. We can do yeah. a whole episode on, on what's in my OneNote. <laughs> let's do it. Let's I, do it. So you, just, so you just told me that. I'm literally, because uh, I'm only going to post the audio of this, but literally I'm pulling up my, my note thing and I'm putting uh -huh. OneNote episode with Rosa. <laughs> let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Let's do this. So, I think my team gets annoyed at how much I talk about OneNote. Um, but it's, it's, <laughs> I, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I think I might be a little too pushy on the OneNote thing. Um, but it's just finding your way, right, to be productive, right? If, if writing it on a piece of pipe, paper and uh, losing that piece of paper is not working for you, then try something else, right? Um, right. But the, the OneNote, you can access it on your phone. Um, you can take a picture of, of anything you write, um, or not not writing, I don't think it, the technology is there yet, but you can take a picture, say you're-, um, you're Actually you can, if you, have, if, you, if you have in the Surface, a Surface Pro with like a touch screen, you can write on it. Yes, yes, you can do that um, on the iPad as well. Um, mm -hmm. But if you just have your phone and say you're listening to a presentation, you can take a picture of the, um, of the PowerPoint slide and extract it as text, uh, that way you can add your notes to that presentation, for example. But um, I'm really, I, I mean, one of the, my other fascinations is, is um, uh, productivity habits, right? That, mm -hmm. that how can Me I too. improve that? Um, so I'm either listening to uh, a podcast on, on leadership and people practices, 
or I'm listening um, to a book on habits, right? Like I'm currently listening to the, um, the Atomic Habits book, which is really uh, just useful. It's amazing. For I love it's the book. It's amazing. Amazing. James I'm, I'm almost through it. I'm so excited to finish it and start I, implementing it. I actually bought, uh, I'm reaching out to my, my backpack here. I actually bought, bought his, uh, his uh, habit notebook. Oh, you did? Uh, so he has, uh, <laughs> and it's really interesting because he has templates on everything you can think of. Uh, so like things of uh, how to hack the way you look at building habits. Uh, so the one that I like the most is the one line per day. So literally what it is, is that uh, you put the one line for each day of the, the month and you write out like, what was the biggest win of that day? Yes. Yes. So, oh, at, the end, at, the, uh, so at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you always end up in a positive note. And, yes. and whenever you have a, and again, like, it's going to happen, right? Like you're going to have bad days. Uh, you can just look back at it and like, oh, right. Yesterday I had lunch with my best friend and it felt amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And then you right go up and you, and you things, smile, right? right? So, yeah. The smallest yes, things, and, and that's something that, you know, um, every day, every day, every day, I, I'm always grateful for one thing, right? Um, I'm actually uh, going to start uh, journaling. So I've heard about the, like, a gratitude journal, and I got the idea from the, the book, The Atomic Habits, about, you know, mm -hmm. making journaling a habit, you know, writing one sentence a day um, right. right before you go to bed. And like you said, there's going to be tough days. Um, mm -hmm. but you, um, you have to get over it, <laughs> right. In the way that you can, uh, whether that's, you know, you have to go out and de-stress, whether that's a run, sometimes that's a beer, sometimes that's a, mm -hmm. a bubble bath. Right. And sometimes and, uh, that's, uh, making, making, that's talking with a friend, you know, like 20 yeah, minutes in the phone, friend. do some yes. FaceTime or whatever. Connecting. Like, and, uh, yeah, where like my case that doing podcasts with friends relaxes me nice so it's uh and then you know what then 500 people listen to them and makes me happy because i'm helping them i mean yeah they're, they're getting value out of it so that's uh yes yeah, it's, it's a way of catching up is that uh uh remember like that workshop that uh i got to do at uh at, at nationals uh about networking yes fantastic the key... workshop by the way yeah thank you uh, Something I always say is that it's not how much time you spend with other people is what kind of time you spend with Quality. them. So what kind of things are you doing? Uh, so maybe you don't need to spend an hour with somebody. Maybe you just need a five minute conversation over the phone and just like listening to their voice and listening back is, is better than, uh, you know, like a, a one hour work lunch. Yeah. So it depends. So it's like uh, maybe you're better friends with somebody that you go out and runs with than with some people that you work with because you share that external thing that you're passionate about. Uh, so, yeah. So I see I see I podcasting as a, as a way of, you know, just connecting with folks at a different level. You know, the fact yeah. that uh, we like shut off the world for an hour while we're doing this. That's I think that's powerful. So it's 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 so important. Um, I think going back on the on the leadership topic and you know, how does all of this relate to being a, a good leader, a good project manager, whatever your role is, right? Um, whatever leadership role you have or that you strive to be in, 
the the important thing and we were you mentioned this earlier was being present and showing up mm -hmm. showing up for your team and some days you know you don't want to walk in with a negative energy from the day before yeah and this is just something that um that i that i also practice it's like sometimes i, I pick like one song you know if i'm listening to a podcast uh, the entire train ride um mm -hmm. i make sure to listen to one or two songs that i know are going to be like instantly take me to my happy place before I right. walk into the door. And I always walk in That's and awesome. I try to walk in with a smile and say hello to everybody, right? Um, but showing up and being present for your team, it, it really makes a difference um, for me. Nice. And it's not something I always practice. Um, I remember that when I first started out, I used to walk in with a thousand things on, you know, in my head and like, Oh my God, I got to get all of this done. Nobody talked to me and I just go straight to my desk and I start working and, mm -hmm. and people can see that people can feel it. And, you know, I started to notice the, the, the feedback. Right. And I'm like, okay, I need to, I need to make time uh, and I need to be present for the team mm -hmm. and I need to, I need to make sure I'm good and that I'm walking in and leaving everything at the door. Uh, whatever happened at home, whatever happened uh, yesterday and, you know, my goal is for people not to be able to tell if, if something's off because I'm there for them as well. Um, and then, you know, I have my time after work too. Same thing, you know, you have, you have to learn. And this is something I'm trying to be better at, you know, learning how to disconnect and say, um, hey, this is, this is done. The, the day is done. And thinking about this is not productive anymore. Um, I need to focus on maybe something else in my personal life. Awesome. So going back to engineering and civil engineering and right now, do you work as a, as part of a firm or is like a, you work as a yeah. contractor? Like a, is, how is it structured? Like how many people work at, the, at your company now? Yes. So uh, I saw a question earlier too. Um, I do work for a general contractor, uh, DPR construction. They're mm -hmm. nationwide, um, all across the nation. Think about the a smile. Uh, <laughs> from you know from coast to coast um and i think total um admin folks we have about three thousand uh, so nice. it's a large uh general contractor and we uh in our region we have a southern california region um i'm currently transitioning to the san diego um, business unit and um we have an la uh, business unit and uh arizona business unit that makes up the uh, entire southwest Nice. Um, so in, in each business unit, I think, um, we're averaging about, uh, 200 to 300 employees. And, um, in my case, I don't work out of the same office. Uh, my office is a trailer wherever the project is right now, because we're gearing up for construction. Um, I, and I'm adapting to the office life. Like I'm dressing nice and like doing my hair, <laughs> not wearing uh, jeans and boots and t-shirts. Well, I don't right. wear t-shirts anymore, but um, you know, I, I have to pay attention to that too. Um, so for a few months, we're gonna be in this office just doing all the pre-planning necessary. Uh, but my natural, I mean, my, my usual habitat is a trailer. Um, and in that trailer, depending on the project size, there could be um, anywhere from three people to uh, 50, right? So mm -hmm. we're gearing up for a project um, near San Diego that is going to have a staff of 48. And when I first accepted nice. this kind of responsibility, 
I'm one of the three project managers that's going to be leading um, the group. Um, when I accepted that, the thing that scared me the most was the number of people. Because I thought to myself, this is like a little, this is a little company. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, we're, we're going to be a company within a company. And um, right. it feels almost like, like a, a mini startup, right? Because right now, you know, we started as four people. Right now we've grown to 13 and we're going to grow to a large amount of people. And I am just breaking my head over how am I going to make sure that all of these people feel connected, that all of these people's needs uh, are met, and how do we maximize their potential and uh, play on their strengths, right? The, you know, that's kind of my biggest worry. Um, it is a large project, but I'm pretty confident I can learn the, the technical aspects of it. I can learn uh, the name of each room and the detail of how the concrete is going to um, you know, a link with the, with, with the, with the floors or the roof or and all that kind of stuff. So that is fine. And I love that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. but what I need to focus on right now is making sure that we have, um, we have the, uh, the right system to take care of everybody and to make sure that they're all motivated because we're going to be there for three to four years. Right. Um, so it's going to be quite a bit of time and how do we make sure the team doesn't burn out? And how do we make sure that they walk out of there the most high performing team ever and ready to lead their own groups? Um, there is a question here uh, from my friend Oscar that mm -hmm. how many, what's the largest group of people I've worked with? Um, I think it's probably 12, 13. Uh, that's kind of been, I have oh, so four X, four X now. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's a, uh, that's a new territory to me. Right. Um, and, you know, now it's it's kind of up to us managers how we um, create the environment um, and allow them to learn, allow them to grow um, and meet the demands of the client, right? Uh, ultimately, we have a contract, we have to fulfill our obligations and we have deliverables. Um, so it's, it's a fine balance of, hey, we need to do this because we need to do this. But at the same time, I'm also interested in, in how, uh, what you think you're lacking and how I can help you um, maybe acquire a new skill or develop mm. that skill even further. Got it. So I'm wondering uh, if we can address the the elephant in the room. Uh, well, not in this room. There's no elephants here, but... Uh, Aquí tampoco. Aquí tampoco. Okay. <laughs> so, Rosa, you're a, woman that you're a woman that works in construction, you're civil engineering. Uh, is that common? Is that something that, is there a lot of women project managers in civil engineering? Because uh, I don't know a whole lot. <laughs> I'll introduce you to them. There, there are more and more um, every day. So um, I, think, I think we're doing a lot better as an industry. Um, it's, it's still not there though. It's still not there. This is, you know, one of the biggest reasons why I'm a part of SHIP is because I, I want to be, um, I want to be active in, in that mission to fill our STEM industries with more women, uh, more diversity in general. But, you know, I, my goal is not to make it diverse and, and get all minorities, um, mm -hmm. you know, have them have more repre representation. Um, I'm focusing on the Latinas um, because that's something I can relate to. And that's right. something that um, I can you know, kind of show them how I did it and maybe share some of the similar struggles. But um, the as you get to the top, 
if you will, right? Whatever the top is. But when you when you start approaching a management and executive level, um, I forget what the statistic was, but I just recently went to a women in construction conference and it was something like 2% of the executives wow. and managers are women. Um, I don't think we're gonna have a big problem recruiting the engineering level positions, um, you know, recruiting more women into those positions. I think right now uh, there's a team that I know of that has 100% uh, women engineers and, and they have a women project manager. Um, so, and that's, I think they're, they are a team of six or seven, I believe. Um, so that's really impressive, but there's a, there's a leaky pipe, right? And mm -hmm. a lot of these women don't make it to the management positions and the um, executive level uh, is really, really rare. Um, I think what, what happens and why there is a gap, um, at least from my experience is that, uh, we are, I don't, for, for me, at least when, when I, uh, when I was asked to be a project manager a few years ago, um, uh, I said, no, I said, no, I said, no. Mm. It's like, how do you say no to a promotion? I'm like, I don't, I don't want it. You know, I, I, mm. I like what I'm doing. I want to be the best engineer before I move on to that role. Right, we want to be a hundred and ten percent ready, right? And I felt when I, you know, an opportunity came up, um, and a lot of my colleagues, I see them doing the same thing. I see them kind of um, lacking that confidence, and you know, uh, sometimes it's not even confidence, but um, we we just doubt ourselves a little bit more. Um, and it's a really tough industry to fit into uh, and find your own voice. So um, the, the biggest thing I have to remind myself mm -hmm. and, and others around me uh, for women is that we can't be shy about it. Uh, men will jump into a position and um, men will jump into a position if they feel that they're 30% ready. Um, mm -hmm. And I see that happen all the time. They take, they take it in a heartbeat, you know, mm -hmm. and, and they're vocal about it. So when the executives have their roundtable and are deciding how to staff their projects, um, they think about John and and Bill and whoever, right? Um, yeah, because they, we are more vocal, we are more yes, say, uh, assertive in the way we we take projects. Uh, it happens to me all the time at work. Uh, I, I, sometimes they will say, "Hugo, we need somebody to deliver a training for this team in Colombia or Argentina." I'm like, "Oh, I'll do it." And yes. wait, but wait, but, but do, don't you want to know what the topic? No, I speak Spanish. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> confidence. Because I'll figure it out because like I've done it. I've done training before for the product I cover. If they want to hear about a different product, I'll get with the PM and find out everything about the product and get ready. It, like that's easy. Uh, yeah. I think like the biggest value that I bring to the table is the fact that I can communicate between both cultures yeah. and, and knowing that I can do that and that I'm confident in my skills lets me be vocal and say those things. So guess what? Now, every time there's a training in Mexico or Colombia or Argentina or whatever, uh, who's the first one that gets tapped in the shoulder? Hugo. These guys, yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so so be so be careful what you're assertive about <laughs> because uh, make sure that it's something that you care about because uh, yeah it's, uh, and, and you need to build company. your reputation strategically yeah yeah i mean it's uh and 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 i guess that my next question comes uh from that you know that a lot of people think that you know like working in construction or civil engineering can be especially challenging to to women yeah. uh you know to the point that some of them find it overwhelming too much to handle and they leave uh yeah. you know what what do you think some people believe that uh they're not wrong <laughs> it's not a it's not a very inclusive environment for women and i experienced it firsthand and i want to say we're we're making a lot of progress right um i think the the reason why we're making a lot of progress is because there's mm. more women right so more right. women are being vocal about it but i struggled with that a lot because um i i had the biggest pity party <laughs> um mm. my first year when i started construction and i you know blamed others i said this is not for me i'm not uh, invited to the meetings i uh i'm not asked to go out to lunch with the with the boys um you know they're making comments on me walking around on the job site with a hard hat asking if i'm lost and all that kind of stuff and and i mm. let it get to me mm. and um i just you have to change that kind of attitude around um and it's hard a lot of the women don't know how right so they just kind of give up i started looking for jobs um within my first few months in the company um mm. i started looking for jobs in uh business um you know, I was even thinking about going into the oil industry, not like that was going to be any easier, right? It's probably the same right. struggles. Um, but I wasn't happy because I wasn't taken seriously. I wasn't respected. Um, and and I think that's why a lot of women leave. It's it's not a very inclusive no. environment. Nobody says, hey, you should, we value your, your expertise. You should jump into this meeting and talk about what you know. Right. So, so keeping in mind that uh, the the young women students and professionals that are happen to be women that are starting their career, um, what advice do you have for them? Uh, how do you turn your ship around? You know, how did you snap out of this pretty party? What worked for you? Um, well, what first worked for me is um, becoming an expert in something. So I think uh, understanding my the building systems and, and getting really good at that um, developed some confidence and um, you know, or it's just it's just building confidence. Right. So sometimes uh, we do need that confidence of like, hey, I do know my stuff. Right. I just need to right. show it to them. Um, but it's it's just being assertive. I think I think what I found over the years is that a lot of people are just not aware men. Mm don't they don't they're not women <laughs> you know they're yeah. not walking around and, and getting comments or you know they're not um they're not being treated that way so they're just not aware so i think the very very first thing is making people aware but not in a way of hey you didn't invite me to the meeting you know no it's like um more of like you know what i i think i'd like to be a part of that would you mind if i sit in right mm -hmm. and um, nowadays, I don't think anybody can stop me from joining a meeting. <laughs> I think there, I have the opposite problem now. Um, it's like a, yeah, like a Rosa, people... Rosa, should you be in this meeting or? <laughs> <laughs> I'm already here. Um, I see, I see people that are, you know, having a discussion on, uh, you know, probably something that I should be a part of. So I just kind of 
go in and I jump into the conversation. I'm like, hi, what are we talking about? Or I listen in for a bit and I'm like, you know, just, just uh, to make sure if I need to be a part of that conversation or not. Um, and I, I think it's, you just have to take, a, take it upon yourself to be like, hey, I'd like to go to lunch too. Would you mind if I join? Right? It's, it's just that, that question of would you mind if I join? Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to say no. I mean, there are some meetings, right? You know, some probably more confidential and, you know, um, you know, some meetings that need to be kept a little tight. Um, but, you know, you got to use your judgment for that, right? If, right. if your if your boss is having a meeting and it seems like it's going to be some high level folks in there, maybe it's not, you know, maybe you should, um, you should reconsider that or, or, or ask, right? Can I be a part of that meeting? And mm -hmm. um, I, as a, as a manager say, you know, um, I don't think, with this one, uh, I don't think it'd be beneficial or, you know, we're going to talk about X, Y, and Z, right. but I'll report out to you later and keep you informed. Um, but I still appreciate that. I really appreciate when somebody says, I want to be a part of that. And it doesn't have to be a meeting, it has to, you know, a project or yeah. just volunteer, volunteer for the things that, or for the responsibilities that are going to help you in your career goals, right? A lot yeah. of the times, um, I think what happens to women um, because we're so detail oriented, right? It's kind of a, a double-edged sword for us uh, because we become really, really, really good at some things like, oh, Rosa's great at making graphics. We should have Rosa make it. Um, don't get pigeonholed by that either. Mm -hmm. I say, you know what? That's great. But making graphics um, for our t-shirt contest is not helping me. Um, so I want to do that instead. I want to take on that project. But raising your hand and being vocal about it um, it does take a little bit of confidence. And for me, the way I developed confidence was uh, with my, my knowledge and my expertise, right? I went back home and I studied um, building systems. So then when mm -hmm. I would join those meetings, I would, um, people, people looked around the room and says, okay, Rosa knows her stuff. You know, she's yeah, like, you would add value, right? You would add value to the conversation instead of, uh, just being passive and waiting for right. it to be called on. It's the yeah. same way that uh, like in college, right? So you have the, the, some students that are very active and they ask questions and they answer when, they peep, when the professor asks for feedback. Uh, yeah, you, they're gonna remember you, right? Oh yeah. Uh, that's, uh, and um, can I share with you uh, how I handle difficult conversations? Of course, please. So I use this uh, framework, uh, it's called the uh, desk. Have you heard about it before? I don't think I have. So, so desk stands for describe, express, specify, and then my favorite consequences. Mm -hmm. so, so for example, let's say that uh, I was doing a, supposed to do a presentation for customers in Argentina, they speak something. And my teammate maybe showed up late. Uh, so I need to have a conversation with them about, about this. Uh, so first, describe. Hey, how you doing? Uh, so I noticed that that presentation, I was actually by myself in the setup part. And I had to set up all the systems, all the computers by myself. Uh, it took me almost an hour to do it. Uh, because I think that it's something that two people should handle. Uh, then, you know, after you describe, then you express. And you don't say, you know, you try to phrase your things in ways that you say I, 
Right. You don't say like you. You don't blame the person. It's right. not about blaming. It's about expressing. You know, I felt a bit uh, frustrated because of that. And then you specify what you want them to change. So next time I would like us to work together on the setup. And we can agree on a time to meet beforehand. Uh, so it works for both of us. And then you go into the consequences. I think that this would make for a better presentation because we will complete the setup early and it will give us chance to practice beforehand and to ultimately have a better experience for the customer. I love it. I so, love it. So this, <laughs> so this sounds a little bit robotic when you say it out this way, like explain. But uh, what I recommend is that whenever you're going to have a difficult conversation, you know, desk, and you can Google this, uh, describe, express, specify consequences, uh, write it out beforehand. Right. Uh, because this works for conversations with your partner, your boss, your intern, your don't, abuelita. Don't send that text. <laughs> right. Don't, don't, don't do it angry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's same uh, concept. Same thing, same thing. And I love the fact that... Uh, do you no, use I WhatsApp? love it. Do you use WhatsApp? Yes. So I, I noticed I that WhatsApp now has the, has the ability to delete comments uh, that you send out. So you can actually delete comments in the chat. So like people, if you send like an angry comment, you can delete it. <laughs> so, so, hey, at least uh, you have that now. So. <laughs> you can't take the angry emails back, though. <laughs> the angry emails, no, 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 no. I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, so I, just I uh, you take a deep breath. Yeah, no, you have to. You have to. Yeah, and, there's no uh, crucial conversation that that you can have and and expect to go smoothly if you didn't prepare beforehand. If you didn't, you know, I I, I get you. It sounds robotic, but sometimes you do need a process. Uh, for people practices, right? Um, yeah. And then it, it'll become natural, right? Like you'll learn that you need to, you know, that certain steps work, right? And there's people that write books about it and come up with these acronyms to help us remember, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, and desk works for me, you know, it's a describe, express, specify consequences. Uh, and consequences can be negative or positive. You yeah. know, in, in my case, uh, I try to keep it positive uh, and Hey, I noticed that you were late for last presentation. Uh, tomorrow we're doing a presentation in Chile. So I think it would be great if we can show up half an hour early at the same time so we could have a better presentation in the end. Right. Uh, great. But, but again, and, and I didn't make it about them. I didn't say, hey, last time you were late. Uh, so I think that you should be early so we, I can get on with my job. Uh, you know, I could have that conversation, but the outcome is not going to be the same. <laughs> they won't, they won't, it won't be a lesson learned at that point. Uh, yeah. Just, it, it'll develop some tension between you two. And then, um, I don't think it's effective to have those conversations and it, we're not all perfect. I, I do strive to, I mean, I don't, I didn't know that process, but you know, that's the sequence that I do try to address problems. And mm -hmm. there's some days where I forget and, and, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment, I just say, you were late. Don't do this again. Right. And, um, it's, it's like, if you see that body language and how people tense up and the next time they see you, they're, they're scared to, to be around. So, um, it's, it's important to try to remember to have every mm -hmm. conversation like that and create that that safe zone, essentially, right, to, to be able to express yourself.
Right. And, and just the describing part is so crucial. Um, I actually saw, I saw somebody use this um, because somebody was uh, showing up late to meetings mm -hmm. and they openly asked, uh, uh, hey Rosa, I noticed that you have showed up 10 minutes late for the last mm -hmm. three staff meetings. Uh, and then you express, uh, this makes me feel concerned. And then you and then you specify the, hey, is this meeting at a good time for you? Mm -hmm. And then the consequences, we could move it to a time that works better for you if that's the case. And right. just having a conversation, again, is gonna be difficult, but you need to have it. Because the people that have these conversations, uh, they have more clarity. Oh, and, yeah. and ultimately, at least for me, when I have clarity in my job and what I do, like I'm, I'm happier. Because uh, I don't feel that I'm, I'm spinning my wheels in the mud. I feel like I'm actually focusing on what I'm good at and getting results. Yeah, so. and people appreciate that feedback. They do. Uh, most of the time, they if you know if you deliver it well, um, just like you describe those two situations, people will always appreciate the feedback because they always want to know how they stand with you and, and how they're doing, right? And um, you know you don't want to leave them guessing for for too long, right? If something happens, address it immediately with them so they know that um, you know they they get the feedback immediately and maybe apply it to the next situation. Mm -hmm. um, similar to that. Definitely. And uh, Rosa, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, yes. Because uh, we are, uh, I could talk to you for hours. Uh, oh, but again, you? I want to I be respectful <laughs> of your time. See, si, uh, you want to talk uh, working across generations? Yes, yes. Um, so um, okay. what are some, I noticed that at least in the construction industry, from an outsider looking in, uh, there's a lot of boomers and there's a yes. lot of younger folks like Gen Z, millennial. There's not like a whole lot in the middle. Mm -hmm. uh, so like one, what are some challenges that you have uh, working across generations that, that you've experienced? Um, yes, I think you're exactly right. Uh, we don't have a lot of those folks. Um, you know, the middle management folks uh, are, the, the seats are getting filled. Um, by millennials now, right? And um, there's just, uh, there's a lot of gap in leadership practices. Um, you know, the, the leadership styles that they learned from their, uh, you know, from the previous generations. And then, the, you know, there's probably like a decade worth of gap um, for what I see in most teams and most um, settings. And what I see is that um, it used to be a lot more, it used to be tougher, right? Mm. And they think that, you know, this new wave is more sensitive and we are, we are, we're, we're teddy bears. Um, but, uh, that, that toughness, right. Of like, you know, just work hard, uh, we'll work you, you know, till the end, you'll work the 16 hours because that's what you need to do. Um, mm -hmm. and I think right now, a lot of the young folks are exposed to so many opportunities. I mean, uh, I know I get tons of LinkedIn requests every single day, you know, at least I get one, right? And, and I know my, my colleagues are getting them as well from, from the same recruiters. 
Um, and the market is so, so hot right now. Um, I think with, with engineering as a whole, and I can only really speak to construction, but I've noticed that across STEM, um, that the, the older generation, um, they're trying to adapt because they see the need that they have to. Um, mm -hmm. But we, um, I think one of the biggest differences is, is, you know, like right now we're talking about this communication style, right? The, mm -hmm. the desk approach. Um, that doesn't happen with the, with the older leadership style. They tell you what they're thinking and that's what, you know, most of them is like, well, this is just tough it out. You know, um, you were late to the meeting and, and I need you not to be late ever. Right. Um, and right. I think that that's effective, right. Um, for, in some cases, and that can work and they've um they've seen that it's effective and it's been effective across different projects uh, maybe even different organizations for some of them um but if we're talking about retention um mm -hmm. you know retaining talent and recruiting new talent um you know the the rest of the the millennial generation and the gen zers um we need to create a culture that's um, you know, an environment that's inclusive, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think they're starting to focus a little bit more on that. Um, you know, the, I think for, I think this is, this comes naturally, um, your bosses are concerned, typically with, you know, delivering the best product to the client. For us, it's the product is the building, right? Um, yeah. But, and they're, they're almost out the door too, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's up to us, to start thinking about the next generations because for for them you're the last one right that they have to develop maybe right, <laughs> right. or you know because a lot of them are in the baby boomers uh baby boomer generation so they're thinking about okay i just need somebody that can do x y and z i don't have the time or the energy to develop anybody anymore right i need people that are ready um mm -hmm. i can't i don't want somebody that i need to train right um, so they come in with that mindset of just, you know, I just need perfection, right? I just need mm. you to do your job. And right. um, for us, you know, we, we want to grow, we want to develop, we want to, um, I think one of the things that I've noticed is that we like to move around. Um, mm -hmm. And that's very known for the millennial generation. But I think, um, I think the millennials and, and the Gen Z generation, we, we're happy to stick with one company if we can move around roles. Right. If we can develop different skill sets. Um, <laughs> <This guy. laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's like it's like uh, like I've been at Intel four and a half years and I've had four different jobs. And just because and, um, I'm because I'm because yes, because I'm project based. So like once the project ships, I move on. And right. if it was um, and again, uh, we love all our customers. Is some projects are more challenging than others. So when you're done yeah. with a challenging project, you move on to the new thing. So it's almost like that new shiny object, if you will. Uh, yes. So that, uh, and that's satisfying to me. Yes. Uh, so it's just knowing yourself and working for an organization that behaves the way that you, you behave essentially. So it's finding that matching, but, but you are not gonna, that dream job is not gonna fall in your lap. You have no, to do the research and find it. out exactly. You need to find the 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 right match. Uh, you need yeah. to do your research and, so, and really take it upon mm -hmm. yourself to to do that right and create yeah, the environment that you want to see in the future. Um, so I was going to add on one more thing um, to the 
to the gap, if you will. And I think um, a lot of the times we just want to make changes, right? We want to, mm -hmm. we're eager to be like, well, this isn't working and I want to change it, right? Um, and sometimes, you know, there, it's, it's, I think we have to, um, a lot of us have to be aware and maybe there should be more training on this on how to implement a change. Um, and with, with your bosses, you, um, or, you know, all your higher ups and your leadership, I think sometimes you just have to show that it works, right? If you want to reformat the, uh, the structure of a meeting, start small, say, you know, Hey, um, you know, for, for the meeting, uh, the many meetings that I have here with this team, I do this format. And then, um, we go through plus deltas at the end of the meeting and it seems to work really well. Would you mind if we implement that into the big meeting, right? With the client, mm. can we try that? But they need to see proof. Um, and you need to show them and the same thing with me. I mean, if I, if somebody tells me, Oh, I, I want to change it because, um, because I, this is the way I want to do it. It's like, okay. Um, you know, have, have you vetted it out? Have you proven that that will work? Mm -hmm. uh, have you done your research? And when you show that to, um, to them, they're willing to change some of the processes and some of the ways, you know, you always get the comments of, well, we've always done it this way. We've always done it this way. And this is, you know, they're, they're true. It's worked in the past. Um, but maybe, um, you know, it, it's happening a lot with our industry with innovation. Um, innovation is kicking up a notch and, uh, you know, construction is not uh, seen as the most innovative and the most uh, progressive industry. Um, and I think that, you know, because of that uh, kind of image that we have, we're not recruiting um, some of, you know, like we're talking about women in construction and mm -hmm. the next generation, they see, you know, they're, they're growing up in a, in a world of, you know, filled with technology. They can probably uh, work a phone uh, before learning how to tie their shoes at this day and age, right? So their world revolves around technology. And when you're not seen as an innovative industry, um, then that you need to fix that. Um, and we are innovative. That's the thing. It's just, it's just going out there to communicate like, and, and showcase all of the amazing tools, you know, virtual reality and 3D models. We use all of it. And there's so much opportunity to, right. um, to play around with that. And I like to tell kids and, and show them, I, I bring up the, the 3D models that, you know, I worked on on the past and say, this is something you can do. Um, and this is how this technology is, is advancing um, to make it attractive as well. But it's, awesome. it is hard to implement change. Um, the only thing you have to do is, is, is test it out and prove it and then propose it, right? Do your research and then propose a change. Got it. So this is for all the millennial gen z folks that want to join the civil engineering industry it's so, it's cool it's fascinating and yeah there's nothing like sitting outside the trailer and watching your building go up right so there's um there's a lot of uh rewarding um you know just just it's it's so rewarding for me construction is super rewarding um and i love that we are um open especially in my company, they're open to uh, new processes. You know, we don't have, mm -hmm. um, we don't have set processes. We have best practices is what we call them. Um, right. And I love that because best practices are, you know, it's like a live document, right? You have a best practice to, uh, to have a meeting or a best practice to um, bring a subcontractor on board, but it's, it's really just that it's a suggestion. 
um, and we are given the opportunity to suggest a new process. Um, and uh, same thing with innovation. Uh, if you find something, you know, I get asked all the time, um, "Hey, uh, can I, can I, uh, can I, um, can we purchase this tool for fifty dollars a month or something like that?" And then, you know, and I'm like, "Okay, you know, get, what's your proposal, right?" Um, but you have to let innovation flow. Um, and we're noticing that our clients are more and more open to it as well because sometimes it's not um, the authority of your boss or your manager to make that decision. A lot of the times it's, you know, it's not, you know, there's no money in the budget or, you know, it's mm -hmm. not a required by the contract. Um, so therefore, uh, it is, it's something that you have to allocate uh, money for. And a lot of companies have, you know, their innovation teams that, that go out and test different products, different softwares. Mm -hmm. um, but I, for me, it's, uh, I think the evolution of that and, um, you know, having that tangible product, uh, a building, watching it go up and fly up in the sky, um, you know, all the steel and equipment that gets mounted and, and anchored and everything. Um, those are some of the things that I think are the most rewarding in, in our industry. And thank you for sharing that. Rosa, it's been a pleasure catching yes. up. Thank you. And, thank um, you for having me. Anything else you'd like to share or mention to this audience? Yes. Uh, for me, my, I think my biggest piece of advice, um, you know, to, 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 you know, having success is learn something new every day, every day. Um, mm -hmm. the, the formal education was nice and, you know, fight on, go USC, yeah. but the formal education is just one component of it. Um, mm -hmm. but I think educating yourself every day and whatever you're passionate about, right. Whether it's a process, a tool, one note, um, <laughs> or, um, people practices, my, my biggest, um, my, I think my, uh, key to success has been the uh, thirst for knowledge and my continuous education, self-education, right? Um, so take advantage of everything we have nowadays. I mean, it's not just audiobooks; it's it's podcasts, articles. Um, there's just so much out there to learn, and um, if we can take one chunk uh, at you know every single day and improve even to the you know one degree, right? It's just gonna make us better in the long run. And um, any books you'd like to recommend? Oh God, so or many. resources. <laughs> so many. Um, I think uh, one of the books that I've been uh, reading. So for the women out there and for the men, um, there's a book uh, called How Women Rise, um, and I can give you I can give you the information so you can put it on the notes as well. But How <laughs> Women Rise tackles everything um, and breaks down misconceptions and myths about being a, a woman in um and it's not just construction it's it's really for um women in male dominated fields um and sometimes uh i mean anybody can 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 use it um and then the other book that i really love is uh, by brene brown she has one that's called uh, the power of vulnerability and mm -hmm. it talks about the new um you know kind of like the new wave of leadership right and how being vulnerable and being um you know how being vulnerable is courage and um, that is needed to be a better leader. 
So um, I'm interested to to find out what what research is being done out there about leadership styles and uh, the, knowing the processes is not going to make you the best leader, but being aware of um, you know how you feel and how your team is feeling is what's going to make you a better leader. Definitely. And uh, yeah, that's how women rise. That looks really interesting. I need to, it, to check it out. It's my favorite. I give it as a gift whenever I can. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So actually, if uh, I'll put it in the show notes so people can check it out and download it and play with it. Perfect. And funny enough, um, they're both in Audible. So if they go to audibletrial.com slash Latinos, they can actually listen to it for free. Yes. So just yes, uh, get your monthly Audible membership. It's so worth it. Shameless plug future. there. But, uh, but the thing is that it's funny because when they approached me to like sponsor the, the show, I said that I need to like pinch myself like this. Is this real? Because uh, I've been using Audible like for a while. Oh, it's, same. it's so powerful. It's like, I mean, because I'm commuting to work. I mean, we both live in California, right? So we know how traffic is. Uh, so just driving to work, like don't waste that time, right? So listen to a mm -hmm. book, learn something new uh, every day. Yeah, I love it. No, yeah, I, uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Audible and podcast. Um, I think but Audible is, you know, it's just, it's, it's worth every penny, um, no, you know, no. for our education, right? Yeah. Awesome, Rosa. Well, thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much, Hugo. Thank you for this amazing opportunity. Um, I had so much fun talking to you. Happy to have you. Ciao, ciao, feliz sábado. Ciao.